welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. Hey, welcome to the Zephyr Sessions. Today we're back and uh, I've got a very special guest today. It's Tor Jakobsen of Shipstead. Hey, Tor, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good here. It's sunny outside, so uh, that always makes me happy. Um, Tor, can you do a quick introduction to yourself, your role in the company you work for, please? So my name is uh, Tor Jakobsen. So I'm heading what we call the consumer business in Shipstead, uh, which is our user revenue and subscriptions on across our, our media brands in Norway and Sweden. So that's my responsibility. Amazing, amazing. And uh, for people that don't know, I'm sure they do, who are Shipstead? So Shipstead is a leading media company in the Nordics. So we are presence in Norway, Sweden, Finland, uh, especially, but also in uh, some other companies, uh, other countries. And uh, we, we have like the number one brands, both in Norway and Sweden with VG and Aftonbladet. But we also have a lot of subscription brands and also other digital businesses like marketplace business and other growth companies digital wise. Am I right that Shipstead uh, own uh, quite a lot of Spock? Yeah, that's correct. So Spock is one of... Our assets, it's actually through Adevinta, which is the daughter company of Shipstead, uh, having all the assets outside the Nordics. So their Spock is part of Adevinta. Interesting. I used Spock the other week, but no. Interesting. <laughs> that was just a, a side note there. Look, um, really appreciate you being on the show today. And uh, I think we're going to double down a little bit on subscriptions and, and kind of uh, see uh, where Shipstead are currently at with that. Um, I, I know you're a big uh, advocate of, of Inma. You've done a few uh, webinars for for them uh, recently, which is great. Um, if I asked you for a high-level overview of Shipstead's focus on um, subscriptions, could you uh, could you give us that at all? Well, I think right now everything is a little bit uh, changed or a very um, strange situation because of uh, the COVID-19 situation. But I mean, in general, we've seen that uh, subscription has been a very growing area for Shipstead and many other both industries and brands couple of last uh, years. So, I mean, for the last two, three years, we try to work as a function on the cross of the brands because we see it's a lot of learning from one brand to another brand. And we also try to link the brands better together than we have done in the past. So, I mean, the, especially the digital subscription market has gone from all well, almost nothing uh, four or five years ago to being a huge business for us. Uh, so that been able to work very differently and we need to work very differently because the market is changed and then we need to make other um, data models other churn prediction models etc so we work very differently today than we used to do a couple of years ago yeah and uh, i'm assuming a couple of years ago um it it was very more ad focused only um well mainly let's say (laughs) um what does that look like so how have you seen that change so if you take that a couple of years ago what did ad versus subscriptions look like and now what does that look like um in your revenue streams that that also uh, of course depends on the brands so the brands are a little bit different on that kind of balance but right now we are on a the user revenue is like 60-65% of the revenue uh, and advertising is 35-40%. Uh, and I think uh, some years back it was totally the opposite. 
So I mean, the, the user revenue, um, the share of the user revenue has been um, been growing for many years uh, now. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's that's very interesting. And uh, I was uh, listening to your um, your Inma webinar recently, and you were talking about having um, uh, 1.2 million subscribers, which uh, of that seven about 770,000 were were digital subscribers. Have you seen those numbers change as well? Have you seen more more people go from kind of maybe print subscription to to digital subscription? And do you continually see that growing now? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, what we see um, for the digital subscription that it's um, also very much new customers coming in. So some of them are old print customers, but most of them are totally new. Uh, so and if you see the age group, it's very different if you look at the print subscribers and the digital subscribers. I mean, the average age is almost 30 years younger on a, on a digital subscriber. So so I mean. Um, so we actually see both, but also the market in Norway and Sweden are a little bit uh, different from uh, a lot of other countries. I mean, this, they are probably the, some of the most mature markets. And uh, so if you look at, for instance, the Reuters Institute, they have a study every year on uh, have it paid for online uh, news last year. And there you see on, on, on that list, I think it, it's like 50 countries included in um, that questionnaire. And I think Norway and Sweden are in number one and number two on that list. So, I mean, also the market in Norway and Sweden are pretty far uh, because it's mature. It's been here for a long time, the digital subscriptions. And also we have a history of uh, subscribing for news. Um, so that's also affecting the market uh, pretty much, I guess. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it was interesting you said then about the the age difference in print versus digital obviously that's a big effect on on things with regards to uh, obviously talking about big shifts and uh, things going on right now uh, since uh, coronavirus or covid-19 came into play is there have you seen like the rest of the market a, a drive in subscriptions or how, how what's that look like for you yeah absolutely because what we see in Norway and Sweden is that the last couple of years, I mean, we had a tremendous volume growth for many years, but I mean, the volume growth uh, has been coming down. So it's it's not, uh, so it's getting uh, slower and slower. We still have a growth, but not that huge that we have a couple of years ago, of course. So now a lot of the drive um, growth drivers is more from packaging, price, uh, increasing the value of the product, etc. But then um, the Corona came in, and then it changed a lot because now actually we have more than we have, we have a net growth of more than 40,000 new subscribers coming in only in like five, six weeks. So now all of a sudden the growth is really coming back on volume. So more and more subscribers are coming in because we see, I mean, we see record traffic records uh, in all our brands and very high, high engagement numbers. Oh, wow. And then also very big sales and also lower churn numbers. So the last couple of five, six weeks actually been very special for us. Uh, and it's not, we don't see it's ending right now. It's still a huge need for uh, news, huge need for information and understand what's going on in the society. And it's not, uh, uh, it's not only a need to know about uh, corona but it's also a need to uh, understand more about uh, your uh, personal finances how is my uh, how is they related to this and my work um, and how is um, personal relationship family etc uh, and also you need to do uh, fun stuff like uh, watching old movies old documentaries etc 
and making food and everything you do at home. So, I mean, we, we see in both the numbering, which is just extreme, but also the type of content and, and uh, services that we sell on is quite quite different, actually, than it was uh, seven, eight weeks ago. Yeah, and that's uh, that's something that I, I, I guess we're seeing more and more in the marketplace. I was actually having a conversation with um, uh, Matt Lindsay of Mather Economics a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I think you might know him. But um, what we talked about was uh, the kind of propensity within that. So obviously there's the propensity to buy uh, which is one thing, and you talked, you touched on it earlier about churn models, uh, propensity to churn. Do you think that obviously with these uh, with, with these huge spikes in new subscribers, it's going to create new challenges maybe in twelve months' time, it, depending on your your kind of subscription models, uh, when the these subscribers come around to um, to maybe churning? Is it is it going to create higher churn rates, or is this something that you can work on to nurture? Well, well, I think um, um, in one way. Um very high sales number will always um, get get you a churn a little bit higher. But the good thing this time, because before when we had these huge spikes in a couple of weeks, then it's been very special uh, occasions, for instance, um, uh, football matches or uh, championships, etc. So people coming in, for instance, we had two Liverpool matches that we sold a huge amount of subscriptions on in December. It was the uh, World Series. Um, but, but then the, the people coming in on those matches, they, they would just like to see Liverpool and then they were gone again. But this time it's a little bit different because people are coming in for the right reasons on a very high engagement and a very high eager on our core products, so the news and, and, and the journalism. So that makes us in a better situation. And we still see the engagement, so the frequency and, gain and all kind of engagement scores is very high. And that gives me... Um, I mean, um, a good feeling on how we will uh, actually be able to hold on this growth. And also we're doing a lot of things to keep uh, the people uh, and users um, um, still be engaged. So one thing is kind of what kind of um, um, content we have. So, I mean, it's more, uh, as I said, to relationships, uh, economics, um, uh, personal finance, uh, uh, more about uh, home training. We have a personal trainer for some of our brands. We have a, uh, cooking um, course and also we see a spike in uh, e-learning in general so everything from um, from like um, uh, uh, training training for different languages so English courses or German courses but also like uh, wine courses and so you can uh, learn about wines so so I mean we do many, very many things to really keep on the engagement uh, up. Sounds interesting. I, I, I love a good wine, so maybe I need to learn some of that. <laughs> um, so that it's good to see, obviously, you're moving with this strategy. You're moving with your consumers. You're, you're driving, as you said, an increase in sales and subscriptions, which is um, really good to see and obviously um, something that... Um, I guess is needed to to keep moving with the market in this place. How do you identify um, which of your content is behind a paywall? How do you work that bit out? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we're doing it a little bit different from uh, the different brands because some of our brands they have um, um, paid share of like fifteen percent. Some of the brands are like more like fifty percent. So it depends on the business model, but mostly it's the um, it's the newsroom taking that decision um uh, from case by case but also we have we have some data models now for instance on svenska dagbladet we have a data model that we call the oracle and it helps them 
newsroom take, decide if an article should be free or if it should be paid. So that uh, you have different variables there uh, that, uh, that give them a clue if this should be paid or, uh, or open article. And then it goes a Slack, uh, Slack message to the newsroom uh, to, um, to, for instance, um, uh, have it as a paid article. So we, we, make some, uh, we make some data model right now uh, to do that job more easy than it has done, been so far. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a, it's a big challenge that um, a lot of publications have and publishers have is making the mm. decision what is going to be, I guess, demand and drive kind of eyes on the page and then what is going to be leads and drive the, the subscriptions down that route as well. Um, and moving- yeah, I'm, I mean... I mean, uh, if if you look at the pure news and uh, breaking news, that, that's typical um, open. Um, but 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 uh, I mean, to, more to understand, or um, I mean, we, we try to have paid articles that is more and more close to um, uh, our core journalism, and that it's also both for our. Um, subscription newspaper and also for our um, more open newspapers that's interesting it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting um model to have and it, it's great to see someone like ships doing that which is um it's great to hear as well um with regards to your uh, you talked earlier about um the value of products so obviously that is that was one of the strategic goals to uh increase the value of products how do you go about doing that do you do cross brands or is it on same products or well i think we have a long way to go there because i think if you look at for instance spotify um then it's a huge difference if you pay for the product or if you're not paying for the product i mean if you if you're not paying for spotify then you need to have this advertising uh, and um, you need to you don't have the playing list you don't have curation you, you don't have your own uh, home uh, to see but but if you if you are paying for Spotify, then it's it opens up a different world, a much more personalized world. Uh, and I don't, for our products, it's more about that we have some articles that you pay for, and some articles are open. But I really need and I really need that. I think that we need to create a world which is much more personalized. It, it's a world that you don't want to go out of, and it can be um, uh, it can be a lot of things there. Um, for instance, uh, uh, features, technical features, but it's also about content. For instance, we're looking into podcasts now and include podcasts in within all our, our apps and also include it in our subscriptions. And we're also looking into more on um, um, exclusive content, for instance, like um, pay, um, for instance, as uh, live rights and in sports, but also entertainment. And we started up that work a lot last year. And we have great success with a lot of um, live rides, but now it's a little bit different because a lot of sports isn't happening actually, but it probably it will start up again and then we will try again. So it's both about content, like um, having the right content, uh, having sports, having podcasts, etc. locked, but it's also about creating a much more differentiated and better user experience for our subscribers. And that's interesting. Obviously, user experience is a is a big part of that. You mentioned Spotify, uh, and and the personalization once you become a paid member. Um, that's a big user experience shift as it as it kind of goes through that route. Yeah. And the it it all resorts back to this value exchange. Uh, is it valuable content? Is it valuable experience? Uh, am I going to continue paying for that experience? Yeah. Um, 
And interesting on the sports side of things, I was talking to a sports publisher the other day um, who were very much uh, ad revenue focused uh, and despite obviously um, more eyes on the page, more people at home and wanting to get that sports um, fix, they were still, the, the publisher was still struggling because advertisers, there is no sports going on at the moment and obviously struggling to to get the advertisers money for those <clears throat> those spots and the demand on the page, um, which was just interesting to see. Me, myself, uh, if the English Premier League would like to avoid the season, that would be great because I'm a Brighton fan and I'd probably we'd probably end up getting relegated if not. Mm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> one of those things. But um, obviously, if I was a Liverpool fan, that would be a different conversation. <laughs> um, now, uh, totally uh, get that you've got this joined up process. You're starting to test and build new, um, uh, new potential new value added products within. Um, within Shipstead, depending on the brand, what where do you see the future of subscriptions going for for Shipstead? Well, we think that um, one thing which is very important is the one thing I talked about with um, in strengthen our subscription product. That's important, but also we think that it's a lot of value possibilities. If you look at, for instance, developing verticals, top of products, and let's say packaging, because I think. I mean, when the internet came, uh, a lot of people was talking about that it, the newspaper was a bundle, and then you debundle the newspaper with the internet. But when the subscription, the digital subscription, came um, along, then it was more about uh, I mean, comeback of the bundle. Yeah. Now I think it's time to look at debundling a little bit again, because it's so many different target groups are willing to pay total different price. I mean, some, and also it's total different interests. Some are very interested in business news. Some are very interested in sport news and sport rights. Uh, some are interested in the e-newspaper. Some are totally not interested in e-newspapers, only want the web version. So I think um, until now, we have very much had like one or two, maybe two digital products. I think we will go into an era where we will have a lot of different digital products to offer and also a combination of different digital products. Because in Shipstead, we have so many different brands and so many different content areas. And also we have a lot of other subscription product, which is not, um, it is not about journalism. It's more like, for instance, a home delivery service or a, or a doctor app, etc. So we can link different products in a different way. And that, I think if you're really customer focused, then we can do this really differently. But uh, I mean, one example we had with Bergen Stidene, which is a huge regional newspaper in Norway. Uh, they used to have one digital product. Now they have three different digital products. So they have the basis, and then they have the premium, and then they have the premium family. So they have totally different price levels uh, to, to, to um, really target different kind of audience. Nice, and it can show that... Um... Uh, that development and that maturity coming into the the subscription journey there so uh, how you're you're basing it on different circumstances and different um target groups and and how that kind of works for for shipstead um it's quite interesting to to hear about that and especially it's focused on though going back the strength in in the subscription product um uh, and i quite liked the the debundling um uh, note you made there uh it just 
how everyone wanted to bundle them together, right? Everyone wanted a one one big package that everyone would sign up for. Well, actually, if we debundle, we can personalize, we can target, and we can drive even more subscribers, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, look, Tor, it's been great speaking to you. Um, I'd like to ask you um, a couple more questions, but if um, if someone was just starting out a, a subscriber strategy, what would be your top tip? Mm-hmm. I mean, the most important thing is, uh, I mean, the follow and understand it because uh, their need and their wants and uh, that should um, that should really um, be your um, your guiding star in what to do so that, i think that's uh, absolutely most important and what engages them what, what what will drive them use your product and love your product as much as possible it's a great tip i, I like that uh, a lot um couple of random questions not subscription focused before we finish off today um i've been asking every guest so far on the zephyr podcast sessions uh could you name a uh, an upbeat feel-good song for our coffee club playlist yeah maybe that i think um feels uh, with Fer- uh, pharrell williams that's a pretty good uh, feel-good song i would say um that can be one tip or happy with uh, Brian Williams. I'll uh, I'll go with those and add them both to the playlist just for you. Um, and uh, look, we're uh, pretend we're on a uh, on a on a uh, evening out in in Oslo, which uh, I believe is your hometown. Um, and uh, you, we were going to a local bar. What would be your recommended drink go to drink choice? Oh, depends on the evening and, and the weather, <laughs> of course. But um, I actually um, I prefer a gin tonic. I would say. Oh, that's two gin and tonics in a row I've yeah. been uh, named as. Uh, look, how about that? A gin and tonic on me next time I'm in Oslo. Um, that's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> but look, Tor, it's been great chatting to you here on the Zephyr podcast sessions. Many thanks for uh, giving your time today. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. There's been some great conversation about um, subscriptions and uh, the focus of ship's dead and what you're seeing in the market so really appreciate you being so transparent there um but once again from me uh many thanks for your time thank you